Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. Hey, everybody. It's Kara with the She's the Owner podcast. And uh, we didn't tape it, but we just had quite a cute little funny interaction with these two. <laughs> so, welcome, guys. So I have Travis and Paola Rosser, and I, they are new friends of mine, and they're going to be friends forever. I don't know about Travis, because he was pretty mean to me at Date with Destiny, but... <laughs> Payola for sure. Um, but I met, I met them at Day with Destiny in December. And, I, and all jokes aside, Travis really did help me. Um, there was an exercise we did where we had to kind of scream out some of our <clears throat> away values. And he egged me on to a point where I couldn't hide from it. And it was beautiful. And so I really honestly thank you for that. That was awesome. And Payola went and got sick. Yeah. So like we had the corona. Yeah, we think she had corona back in I December. I coronavirus. Yeah, she coronavirus. was one. <laughs> so we didn't get to hang out as much, but we did a podcast together last week, and then we talked for like an hour after. So mm-hmm. wanted to have them both on because um, I'm taking I, I interview women, and I actually just interviewed a, a man on his own. Um, but I want to get couples on because this shit needs to be talked about and the imbalance in our relationships, especially when there's two entrepreneurs, that's the same as it is in my house. There's two entrepreneurs in in our house. And I think there's a lot of shit going on. I mean, it's difficult right now, especially because we're cooped up in the house together. California is opening up. We're opening up a little here in Toronto, but really not a whole lot. So I just like, like, so let's kind of dig in. I mean, Paola, why don't you tell us about um, the fearless female journey that you're on in that your business, and then Travis, tell us about a bit about your. We can go as long as you guys want, whatever. Um, and then I just want to get a kind of gauge on how you manage because she, I know she's masculine energy all the way, <laughs> has to turn her shit off just yeah. like me. <laughs> and so, talk a bit about yeah, t- tell us a bit about yourselves separately, and then we'll get into togetherness. All right. Um, So I'm Paola and I'm the CEO and founder of the Fearless Female Movement. And the reason why I founded the movement was because I was looking for a women's group where we felt empowered, inspired, and we supported one another. And I went on this mission to look for this group because I got married in 2017 uh, to Travis, who is uh, by far the most uh, amazing man I could have ever asked for. But honestly, like he was very successful in his own right. and was the first ever dated who was super successful to the point where when we started dating, I think about three months in, he said, quit your job, I'll take care of you. I don't know if I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she um, remembers was, it. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. And I was just honestly like, at first, you know, you think like that Ali Wong um, comedian special where she's like, I made it, you know, I finally <laughs> made it. I honestly thought like I hit the jackpot and I was so excited. I was like, I quit my job. I even went into my office and I was like, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, you're cool. Like I was like so excited yeah. to quit. Um, but then like, Three weeks in, I was bored out of my yeah. mind. Um, here I am. I've been working since I was 14 years old. Um, the moment they said that I could get a worker's permit, I started working. I've been work as soon as I started working, my mother was like, Okay, now you could take care of yourself. And even though I still lived under her roof, I had to buy my own clothes, my own um, shampoos. I even had to buy my own laundry detergent because she started locking up her own. She's like, Wow, this is yours, this is mine. Um, I got kicked out of the house when I was 17 years old, so I had to take care of myself. Um, had my own apartment. I had to learn how to pay bills and make a car payment. I got into severe debt twice in my life. Um, so I've always just been taking care of myself. And I think that's where, like you said, I got the masculine energy was because I had no control. No one was taking care of me. Or, and when I finally got control, because I grew up in an abusive home, um, I took care of myself and I was like, I'm never going to allow this stuff to happen to me. Right. Cause growing up, we had nothing. We had no money. Um, my mom used to put us in the back of trash cans in the back of grocery stores to dig out fruit that wasn't, um, you know, damaged and cheese that wasn't molded. And we would take out and we would literally try to feed our family with food out of the trash can. Um, you know, my house got repoed growing up. 
Uh, I remember walking home from high school, there's a big orange tag that says you have 30 days to get out of your house. Um, every single month, either the water or the electricity or some, or the telephone was getting shut off. Um, my parents constantly fought about food. We hardly had anything. I mean, I learned how to make eggs every single which way. Cause that was like our main way of eating. <laughs> That's true. Um, but like when I started having my own job, I started realizing, you know, I'm never going to let this happen to me. I'm always going to be in charge. I'm always going to be, even though I really wasn't good with my finances, when I finally got a hold of my finances and got myself out of debt, I was like, this is never going to happen to me. And so then when Travis started taking care of me, I started feeling the same fears of if he ever does leave me, how the hell am I going to take care of myself? So I was trying to find, honestly, the reason why I started finding a female group was because I was hoping I was going to meet like these entrepreneurial women who had their own businesses. And I was going to be like, hey, I'll be your assistant. Because <laughs> back really? then I was still thinking in a limited mindset, you know, right. hey, I, I could help you with your business. I'm really good at A, B, C, and D. And, and that was what my goal was. Um, and I had found this group, which I thought I had found this group. And the women were very catty. They mm. were very uh, demeaning. Um, they were attacking each other. Uh, the person that ran this women's entrepreneurial group was a man, mm -hmm. which was really bad. Yeah. He started calling us, uh, if I could cuss, cunts and bitches. No. And yes. And telling us that we were hiding behind uh, Instagram filters. He called me a princess and told what? me that. Yeah. And said oh, that shit. you are just lucky that you married a man with a lot of money and that you're sitting at home eating bonbons and driving your Range Rover. And, and he just like tried to put me down. Well, little did he know that I'm not afraid, especially of a six foot three man, 280 pounds, however, however much he weighed. Um, and I went online and I ripped him a new one. And I said, uh, you know, because he was saying that he was going to send all these women to my house and that they were going to come beat me up. And I said, I am not afraid my then address because is, you can start a new group with all those ladies yeah well I, it was funny because I was like I'm not afraid ladies you want to come to my house and beat me up here's my address oh, yeah. I'll be That's waiting right. outside and I you know even if I went down fighting Travis, I I'm scared because I was oh, yeah. always a fighter I've always been a fighter I've always been a scrapper you know so it's like I'm not afraid <clears throat> and honestly like after that I went home well I was at home and I, I remember being in my room and just crying I was crying because like I thought like at this point in my life now I'm like what 37 38 at the time I you know I thought I was out of the mean high school girl competitive oh, yeah. kind of cattiness like part of my life I thought that was over but apparently it happens all through life <laughs> even in your 60s apparently <clears throat> And so I was crying and I remember Travis walking into the room and he said, well, what did you expect from this, this group that you signed up for? And I just started telling him, you know, I wanted like a, like a safe space to talk about everything. And I wanted to be able to have like inspiring conversations and empowerment and uh, all these different things. And he's, and he was like, okay, cool. Like, it was like, he was taking a mental note of mm, what he I probably was. thought. Yeah. And not even a week later, <clears throat> we were in a WeWork office. This was at the time that we had a WeWork office together. We were smushed oh, in yeah. one spot. That's a whole nother story we'll tell later. <laughs> and um, a couple entrepreneurs together. Yeah. And that was difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so we were back to back, like I was facing the window, he was facing the wall. And he just says, well, if you were to start this women's group, what would you call it? I don't know. I was just typing away doing something else and I was thinking about it and I was just like going over because you know when something happens to you that like that confrontation with that guy and all these women and and these women were horrible. They were leaving me video vile videos saying what I what I was and how much they hated me and how like I should just kill myself. Like these were what the hell? These were women that like 2 weeks before all this happened were like my best friends and right. hugging me and calling me their soul sister. Culty. Yeah, calling me their soul sister. And so it was really like emotionally damaging. And so I, I was just going over everything. And I just, one thing that stuck out to me was that I was like screaming into the video saying, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. Yep. And, you know, it takes me back to when I was a little kid being abused by my mother, you know, and like standing up to her and thinking like, you know, if I could stand up to my mother, who at the time was like this huge woman, and I was like seven years old, and I could stand up to the six foot three guy, I'm always a fearless female. Yes, ma'am. And so I told him, I said, I would call it fearless female. And, you know, within 20 minutes to a half hour, he said, I bought it. 
like, I went, what the hell? What'd you buy? You know? And he's like, I bought you fearlessfemale.com. And I was like, oh, why did you do that? And he goes, cause you're going to build your group. And I said, no, no, I'm not. He's like, yes, yes, you are. And we got into a huge argument oh, yeah. about that because it he- cost money. It wasn't cheap. I had to pay. It wasn't cheap. It was like for sale on one of those auction sites. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, usually they're 10 bucks. So yeah, it was oh, not, not right. $10. It was no. <laughs> so it, so right then and there, the investment was like, now I have to Show figure up. out how to do something. Yeah. Well, I actually sat on the idea for a year. <laughs> I mean, I, I would dream about it. I would think about it. I would journal about it. I would meditate about it. I would have, you know, mental conversations in the car about who I was going to interview and what I was going to say. Um, and it wasn't until I went to Unleash the Power Within and you've been there and they mm-hmm. make you walk on hot coals mm-hmm. and you leave that day and you literally think you can change the world. Yep. And that day and probably one more mastermind helped me launch my podcast, Journey of a Fearless Female. Within a year, I'm at 8,000 subscribers. Remember you were Um, were called up on stage for an event I was at, and he wanted to talk to female entrepreneurs. Yeah. He's like, Paola, what do you do? No, he didn't say, Paola, what do you do? Because he knew you. He he knew me. He knew what I was going to talk about, what I wanted to do. He knew my idea. And so he uh, introduced me on stage because Travis was doing his own – speaking gigs about his book. And so I would go with him and help pass out books. And, you know, I was just his little entrepreneur assistant at the time. And, um, you know, I had, we had gone to this mastermind with this guy named Dr. V who's actually featured in Travis's book. He's a Kajabi customer. Mm -hmm. And, um, we did a mastermind with him and he had said, well, what's your dream? You know? And I, and I was like, well, my dream is to make my husband successful. No, no, no. What's your dream? And so then I sat there and I told him all about the fearless female movement and how I wanted to have a podcast, how I wanted to have honest conversation with women and, and I wanted to empower and inspire and like help motivate them to ignite the fire within. And he's like, that's awesome. You should do it. And I was like, yeah, um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and, um, like three months later after that conversation, he had my husband on stage in front of 500 people. And he said, you know, I want to introduce you to the stage. And I'm thinking he's going to introduce me as this is Paola Rosser, Travis Rosser's wife. But instead he introduced me as this is Paola Rosser, the founder of the fearless female movement. And I was, my heart was beating outside my chest. I thought for sure I was going to pass out. And here I am like holding this mic, like my hands trembling. And there's all these women because a lot of his audience were women were staring at me. And I just spoke from the heart and I spoke as if it already existed. Yep. And then afterwards, there were so many women that came up to me and said, where can I find your podcast? How can I be on your podcast? Um, How can I find you on Facebook? I had nothing. I had nothing. All I had was a URL that pointed to nowhere land. And so again, I went home and I sat on it for another month and a half. And when I was in um, that, uh, in Vegas where he was at doing his speech, I had met this girl, her name is Danelle Delgado, and she was doing exactly what I wanted to do, but it was already like ahead of the journey. And so I contacted her and I said, you know, I think I'm ready to really launch. And she's like, girl, fly, fly your ass over here and I'll show you exactly what you need to do. Wow. And I was like, uh, and, and now she's like, this is your feet to the fire. So I booked a ticket to Colorado on Women's International Day. I did my first Facebook live. Oh God, I was so afraid. (laughs) And I told everybody what my intentions were and I launched the Fearless Female Movement. I started my podcast and I've literally been fumbling my way through it. (laughs) But honestly, that's what entrepreneurs do. And now to this day, like I have 8,000 subscribers. I haven't checked. It's been about a month. So it's probably more than that now. Um, On my podcast, I've interviewed amazing women with all kinds of stories. And we've all connected like how you and I spoke. Like afterwards, I end up talking to all my guests for at least an hour afterwards. They all are like, you're my new best friend. We're soul sisters. You know, because you just end up having these like heart to heart conversations and you have empathy for the person on the other side. You have compassion for them. I I always say like, you know, I meet these women and they're gorgeous. And if I was to meet them at Starbucks, I would probably be 
like she has she has it all she has everything she's never ever been through anything hard in her life but then you realize like a lot of us have these stories these journeys right. that we've been a part of we've all like some some of the women that I've interviewed have been raped have been molested are dealing with Lyme disease and the doctors don't believe them you know I've had women who you know have been in domestic abusive relationships I've had women who were heroin addicts I've had women who were prostitutes I have women that were in jail and were molested by their inmate like it, it's just like the stories that you hear from these women and then you hear their their like rise mm. and it's like you know no matter what they faced in their life they were still fearless and they rose to anything to whatever it is that was thrown at them and it just goes to show how strong we are as humans and as females and we could really do anything yep. and I just want to remind women that 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 fire is within us, but we've spent a lot of our life with people who smother that fire and try to like literally put it out and make you feel less than. And I want to remind them that you just need to find the right people to yep. blow the embers and light it up and bring your fire back to its roaring flame that it used to be. And I think, thank you for that beautiful, beautiful um, history on you because <laughs> that was incredible. And I'm, I feel blessed that I got to hear it. Um, and I think one of the things that's important to note, like Paola and I are doing similar work in that we are talking to women and women business owners and women in general. And I think the thing that we, we get stuck on is that like when you're talking about that woman who was ahead of you and she did it, I even get where I see groups like mine who are focused on feminine and masculine energy. And I let myself for like a second go, oh fuck, like what's the point? It's already done. Why am I going to bother? And then I remember I have a whole tribe of women who know me and don't know this other mm -hmm. person. And P.S., it's going to take us all, all yeah. of us to rise this together. Because if there's just your group and just the other group and like, that's not enough. And I think what's so beautiful that's shifting right now is that we, the, the narrative that we are, my dog's barking. Somebody's at the door with an Amazon box, I'm sure. <laughs> but we are, we are not competing any, well, some are, but women like you and I and the women that we associate with, we're not competing anymore. We recognize that you take care of your village. I'll get my village and together we're going to rise all the villages up together. Yes, girl, it's let's do so, an uprising. <laughs> like it's so, but it's, it's so different than it was 10 years ago or five years ago. Like I don't, it's just not that catty bullshit. Like what your, your experience I, I happened all the time. It used to happen all the time. And I think it's happening yeah. less of the time, but there's, there's room for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we missed each other, you know, like yeah. there was a time where it's like, I can do this. I don't need my, I don't need her. She can fucking do it. And we had this whole attitude about helping each other. And now it's like, but I missed my girlfriends. Yeah. So like, let's come back, come back here and let's start doing this together. And I think that's the feeling now there's still a scarcity mindset and there's still women mm -hmm. who are going to be like, you know, haters and whatever. But I think by and large, it feels like we're kind of all ganging up together to change the narrative around a lot of things. Um, so Travis, tell us your story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, Mike, check, I, check. No, yeah, is, is it not working very good? <laughs> move it towards you. I, I'll move it towards me now. Pay, pay was the center and I'll be the center. <laughs> um, it's just awesome to hear Pay tell her story because I got to witness all of that. And I think it's so cool that she calls it fearless female because She's, she all too often thinks, well, I'm not fearless, but she's very fearless as you know, but that's kind of the point of it to go forward. Even if you are totally afraid yep. and she's done that every single step of the way. But yeah. let me see my story. I, I like to tell my story with our story. Cause it's just cool how it all happened. Um, <laughs> some of you are listening. You've heard of the app called Kajabi. Well, I was the co-founder and creator of that app back in 2009 in fact, in October 2010 will be 10 years since it came to the public. Um, it's helped tens of thousands of people share knowledge, do coaching, membership sites, courses, and those customers have made over a billion dollars. So it's, it's like this crazy Amazing. figure where I had this idea. I'd worked in software since 1998. I had done all kinds of side hustles. I had worked for all kinds of corporations. I had freelance, but then I started seeing the digital world and I started seeing information and people selling things online. I sold things on eBay all the time. I, I had all kinds of side hustle services of SEO and like 
I remember I would build websites and then resell them on eBay. Like I would build like a photo sharing website using some kind of script I had found and I put a brand on it and I just loved building digital businesses. Well, that led me to Kajabi one day. And then um, before Pale, I was married for 15 years and it was, it was a hard 15 years. I have two awesome kids. Hold on. Connor's actually talking to me right now. Hold on. Can you text Connor back? Sure. If just tell can. him, yes, you can do Zoom. Okay. <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs> he does Hashtag Zoom quarantine life. Hashtag. Yeah. He does Zoom hockey lessons with his coach. Yeah. So That's just say amazing. yes, same link. I'm so sorry. We're like right in the middle of this. Hey, this is real life. And then baby. go it's to Nick good. and say Nick Connor will be on today at 12:30. Okay. This is this is quarantine life right here. Yep, I love it. Go ahead. All right. So back to the story. So um, I was married for 15 years. I have two awesome sons. They're 13 and 17 now. But as I built Kajabi, um, I realized that my marriage was really a mess. And during that, it really fell apart in 2012, 2013. And I had kind of. I tried dating a little bit, dated some interesting people. And then I had, had met Pei because Pela was our property manager for Kajabi. She managed the building. Oh, cool. She managed, she even managed one of our build outs because we kept moving as we grew and we kept working with the same developer. And so one of the years, Pei and I had to meet every single week to discuss remodeling our office. And so I remember just thinking, this girl is so cool. We would get in trouble. We'd be in the meetings and her boss would be like, can you guys stop laughing? <laughs> and, then, and then I would come back to the office and my business partner would be like, you know, you were flirting with Pale. I'm like, no, I wasn't. No, but then. But it's funny because I just was so drawn to her. I just saw this inner beauty that I couldn't understand. And those of you that have met her and spent time with her, you, you get it because she's really a special, unique woman. And so forever, I just was a friend of hers. And then I, I was in a situation where I had broken up with some of the crazy people I dated after being married. Real crazy. I know. And a friend of mine is like, well, who have you always wanted to ask out? And I'm like, right away, Paola. I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I text oh, her. and she, I'm like she's nervous like, you telling this story, even though you're I, already married. I'm like nervous <laughs> for whatever you were feeling at the time. Well, okay. it, it's very unique. That's for sure. So I text her and she's right down the hall from our office. I'm like, can we talk? Uh, and I even said, can we meet outside? It's kind of private. And she just bolts for the office. She thinks it's an emergency. I think you even said you thought I, I had. I thought he had clogged the toilet and or he something. needed me to like oh Yeah. Because that's the only reason why we would call them is like a problem. Right. <laughs> but anyways, so she, she literally bolts in my office. What? What do you want? And I'm like, can we talk out in the hallway? <laughs> and I go out there. Fully in her talking. masculine, by the way. Oh, no. Be she like, was fully yeah. managing. Yeah. She was the boss in that moment. And then I was like you think uh, you'd ever go on a date with me? And she's like, what, me? What? She like flicks her hair and what, me? What? what? Me? <laughs> <laughs> oh and God, then she's it. like, right away she goes, no, I can't. I'm like, wait, what? And she goes, well, my boss said I can't date any tenants or vendors because I tried going out with one of them just with friends and he became yeah. a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> he started stalking me. And oh, so I made a joke, well, I'll buy the building or something stupid like that. And that was it. And I went back to my office and she went back to her office. And I remember thinking like, I still think I'm going to go out with her one day. And I even texted like, maybe we could do a drink or something. And yeah. Cause I, he said, let's grab a beer. And oh, I yeah. said, I don't drink beer. Just and so then beer. he's like, well, we could do vodka. Yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever. So <laughs> I didn't hear anything for <laughs> 10 days, 10 days, nothing. Even though I, I don't think I even saw you in the office. No, I tried to avoid him because I, I was like, I had told him, no, I'm not going out with you. And so I tried to avoid him. Cause then I was like, Oh, what a creeper. <laughs> Wow. So for like 10 days, I didn't. And, didn't and on my him. side, I had been rejected fully, but I didn't feel rejected. It was very weird. I, I just remember thinking, I feel like there's still something there, but I forgot about it. And then 10 days later, I was actually on a date and it was not working out. I remember thinking, okay, I don't want to see this person anymore. And I felt my phone buzz in my pocket. I was like, that's interesting. And later that night after I asked her, the person said, bye, see ya. You broke up with her. Yeah, well, I, I told her I didn't really want to see her anymore. <laughs> we had gone on a couple dates. I look up and it's Pei and she's like, hey, uh, you know how you want to have drinks? Can I pick your brain? She had some business stuff she wanted Bullshit. to talk about. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I really had business yeah, questions. Yeah, sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we set a date to meet at this place called Taps in Tustin for drinks. And I said, well, if you're going to pick my brain, I'm going to need, need to eat dinner. So let's do dinner. Yeah. And so on smooth. December 17th. Very smooth. Yeah, Love very it. Smooth. December t- uh, 17th, 2015, um, I met her at TAPS and I like went home. 
I like changed. I like, I like shaved, shaved. Hold on. I, I, Cause I took a photo that day. It's pretty funny. And yeah. Paola just, you know, she just went home. She didn't go home. You worked. No, I, cause I really wasn't thinking this was a date. I really was just trying to like pick his brain at the time. I was a property manager of 10 commercial buildings on the weekends. I did photo booths for weddings. And so I was trying to see if he could build me a website. Cause I thought that's what Kajabi did for <laughs> my side hustle of my, um, photo booth. Yeah. So look, here's the picture of us on Aww. that first day. Look <laughs> at her. She's ridiculous. got her sweater vest on. She oh actually God, looks really so beautiful. Cute. You, you honestly. So you know cute. what's crazy about this photo is I took that photo. We had the date, which turned into like six hours of talking. They yeah. closed the restaurant and we had to leave. So <laughs> we, we talked and I told her everything, all my mistakes, my whole life. She told me her whole life. And then I remember I gave her a hug and I sat in my car and I looked at this photo and I was like, holy shit, she's beautiful. It was like all of a sudden I saw Pei for who she is on the outside. I just hadn't seen that really. I mean, I had seen her, but for whatever reason, that wasn't the main reason why I was attracted to her. I just was drawn to her, like the person she was, the way she made me feel, the way she made me laugh. Just, it was, it was a very unique situation. Um, and for the people who aren't watching them right now, they're like, <laughs> Paola's like staring at him loving. It's very cute. <laughs> If you're just listening to the podcast. It's cute as hell. <laughs> Catch it on my YouTube channel because yeah, yeah. Okay, go on. And I just, it was weird. We talked to each other every single day after that. And right after that, it was Christmas time. So I went on a road trip with my boys to go see my family up north. So I didn't see Pay for a bunch of days, but we talked on the phone every night. Mm-hmm. I remember I'd put the boys to bed. I'd go to bed and talk to Pay till three o'clock in the morning on the phone, just like high school kids or something. Yeah. And then we came back and we went on some other dates and I I don't know, really quickly. I was like, this is the one, even though she did say she loved me first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I just knew, I don't know. I just knew. Talk a little bit more about your business. Oh, sorry. I just think that our story is cool. (laughs) Quit trying to take his romance away. Let him tell the story. And there's my masculine energy. Yeah, okay. nobody cares about so, the freaking business. We just want to know, know. Seriously, how you matter. fell in love. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing about Pei's masculine energy. She has strong masculine energy, but she mm-hmm. also has very strong feminine energy. Yep. And it balances, so it doesn't really matter that she can go to such an extreme level. Even though I always say, man, you're such a better arguer than I am. <laughs> like She can roast me like because she remembers everything. She remembers everything so that when I'm trying to talk, I can barely remember so she can just put it in a certain direction. I'm like, oh, never mind. Luckily, I do forget <laughs> it, though. So I could say, oh, yeah, never I'm mind. sorry. Never yeah. mind. But also, we also fit really well because we got to meet later on in life because mm. I cherish every day with her because it's like this incredible second chance. Yeah. We fit well together. I think if I was the wrong person for her, I'd get the masculine yeah. energy all the time. and. Right. If I was more of a wimpy guy, I would have been attracted to the masculine energy and then just been very feminine, but I'm not feminine. I mean, I have a very feminine side. You have a very feminine side. But I'm also, (laughs) if I need to, I can be very masculine too. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's hard, but it's- But you never finished about Kajabi. Okay, Kajabi. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So in 2018, I sold Kajabi, um, which was an interesting transition for us. I had worked on that company for nine years um, I had an opportunity to exit, um, which was way early. I didn't want to exit that early, um, but there was nothing I could do. It was kind of what was going to happen. Um, we took that money. We went on a bunch of trips. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, we started doing a lot of Tony Robbins. Which a lot. That, out of when did you start with Tony Robbins? 18, that, that year, right? Yeah, March there? of two. We went to um, Unleash the Power Within right. in, no, I think it was 2019. Mm. It was March of 2019. Yeah, like last year? Yeah, last year we did March of 2019, Unleash the Power Within, and then September we did Life and Wealth Mastery, and then December we did Date with Destiny. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, out of all like the self-help coaching stuff, that is, everybody should do at least Unleash the Power, because it allowed us to just, for me, it allowed me to move on Mm. from what should I do next, because, you know, I hit my bucket list. I literally, like, I built a company, I was able to sell it, but then I was like, now what am I supposed to do? Um, you know, I you, sold, it wasn't you, like F you money, so I couldn't just do nothing. You know, I, right. I did need to do something eventually. And I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a builder. I have to create or I start getting really depressed. Yeah. Which is what happened. Which definitely happened during that process um, where I just didn't know what my purpose was anymore. 
And I noticed that as I would go and speak about my book, my book is You Inc., by the way, a little plug. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes. So I wrote the book based on Kajabi customers. Um, I got the opportunity to interview an almost probably almost 100 of the Kajabi heroes. And they used to be on YouTube, but ever since I left, they deleted them for whatever reason they did that. Because you were on the video. <laughs> probably. Yeah. But the stories that I heard were so awesome. They were so inspiring. We would, we would always have moments where either I would get choked up, they would get choked up, we would get goosebumps. You would just hear these stories of people taking their life experiences and sharing it and turning it into a business and it changing people's lives and mm-hmm. changing their lives. I mean... There are stories of people's marriages being saved because one of them started teaching what they were good at. And then the husband was able to quit his job. And that was Leah. We actually met her at an event. And at that point, she had made $800,000 teaching wow. how to market your music business. Yeah. And I loved those stories. So I would go speak. And unfortunately, they would read my book. They'd hear me speak. And they'd want to go sign up for Kajabi, which made me even more depressed because I'm like, I'm, that's not part not of Not even a part anymore. of you anymore, right? I'm not even part of it. So... I was really like, what, what am I going to do next? And as I analyzed the steps to take your knowledge and sell it, it's hard to get onto a Kajabi. It's hard to sh- film a bunch of videos and make a course. How much should I charge? Who's going to take it? How am I going to break it down? So then I thought, what if I could help the person, the individual, like one-on-one, just like right now we got interrupted in the middle of this because Connor, my youngest, is going to go do hockey lessons through Zoom with his hockey coach. I wanted to help that person, Mm. the person that that has an expertise and can work with one person at a time or one to many. That is the best way to start in like the knowledge business where you can take what you know and help one person. Just like Pela said, uh, Danelle Delgado was the one that kind of helped her. And I think in our life, we are all in different stages of everything, whether it's marriage or business or being a dad or or being a hockey player. We're we're somewhere along this line. And anytime you're a couple beacons ahead of someone else, you can turn back and say, hey, here's what I did here and here to get to here. And that's why I'm building this new app. It's called Coach Snap. And it's really, it's like a business automation tool for anybody to start a coaching business where you can set up your schedule. And, you know, Thursday at two o'clock, you can set up a meeting with Paola. If it's charge. You can pay for it. If it's free, you can get it for free, but it allows a person to build a coaching business from nothing. And it really is the exact same formula I saw when I was building Kajabi um, because Kajabi, we saw this pain point of how hard it was to sell courses. Right. And it's the same thing. Like when, um, when, when you start coaching, it is really hard. How do I charge? How do I schedule? Well, there's Calendly and PayPal and ClickFunnels and MailChimp and Teachable. Kajabi and Teachable. And it's insane. And so this tool I'm building is just like the all-in-one simple tool to get started. Yeah. I That's can't kind of wait. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too, because it's getting really close and we've been testing it. So here we are at the end of May right now. And within a month or so, I should have some real live beta testers in there. Yeah. I'm excited. And then in October of 2020 is when we should be able to go public. We'll see. Nice. I'm excited. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. So talking about two entrepreneurs in the house, literally, figuratively, all that stuff. Yeah. Do you, how do you guys, like, I know for Ken and I, you know, we're right now we're trying to figure some shit out because when I feel like I'm, when I feel under pressure and I feel under pressure right now, just because life isn't the way it's supposed to be in my mind. I have an expectation, which I know I need to really work at, but I'm sick of sitting at home. I'm sick of not going to restaurants and doing all that stuff. So I tend to shift back into my masculine and like pale. I, I had, you know, I was abused as a kid. My parents were alcoholics. I got taken out of the house when I was 15. Everything I have, I have because I've done it. And I was a single mom at like 20, you know, all that kind of stuff. And my default is to like, when I feel panicked or feel like, fuck, this is enough, I slip back into my wounded masculine, not in a healthy way at all. Mm -hmm. So, and Ken is good. He's a good match for me for sure. Like he, cause he also knows a lot of the vernacular. So he'll call me out and be like, you're kind of going too deep into the masculine right now. And I'm, when I'm in it, I'm like, fuck, but you know, like. Fuck, he's right, but also I can't stop. But and he's, he's actually really skilled at breaking my patterns. Even though I know he's doing it, I still am like, okay, that's a that's a good one. You're doing good. Yeah. Job. So, like Travis, <laughs> dealing, you know, from your perspective, when if you start to notice that 
if Pale is feeling tension or stressed or whatever, and she starts to go too far, what are, how do you manage that? Like, do you catch it in time? Is it get turned into a fight? Well, and then like you're like, holy I'm shit. Perfect all the time. But he, no. Did you hear what he said? He's like, I'm perfect I, all the time. No, I said, I like said he said say. he'd like to say. <laughs> I can't. Um, but then I'm going to ask her the same thing. Yeah. So you here's go. I know doesn't work is to try to meet her at the same level, like mm-hmm. be more masculine than her. Right. I have to be okay to stay humble and be like, I don't need to prove I'm more of a man right now. That that works. I also should not try to fix it because male and females, but men especially, I'll think of 50 solutions, especially when it comes to business because yep. I will listen to pay and I'm like, well, I've done that before. In fact, I've done that 10 times and I'll try to give her advice. She doesn't want to hear it. Like, Mm-mm. I know when it comes to advice, I have to wait for her to come to me or encourage her to go to other people because they'll say the same thing and be like, oh yeah, that's... That's that's really great. It's totally is, true though. We do that. It requires humility on both sides for mm-hmm. us to be like, you know, she doesn't mean it. Um, like right now when we turn this camera on, we were both upset because I was late. I was supposed to have everything set up. She was also late because she had to, you know, do all this <laughs> do all makeup, this thing. All this beautification this shit, she did. Yes. Yeah, which I love. Um, and so I try not to let things bother me, but it does bother me. I'm very sensitive. I like get I get hurt quickly and she... Well, he doesn't come from... Here's the difference too is that like I came from an abusive background. Like for us, yelling and screaming was our natural way of speaking to each other. He comes from a family that everything is really soft-spoken. They're very like Hallmark Channel type of a family. That was exactly Canada. And they don't talk about anything. There could be a giant blaring like elephant on fire. And no one will talk about it because it's just, that's well, not what they do. Well, there was a fire last 4th of July. We had a fire at our house and my dad's watching the Yankees, remember? And he's like, hold on, Aaron Judge is up to bat. I'm like, dad, there's a fire outside. Yeah. <laughs> so it's but literal yeah, as well. That's, that's yeah. how his family is. And then on top of that, he has 15 years of PTSD from his ex-wife yeah. who used to sit in the masculine negative energy all the time. And never apologize. That's one thing that I know that I do is I apologize when I know that I'm in my crazy masculine energy and I'm trying to control and I'm trying to like fix things. Um, But I'm learning. (laughs) And there are times where, yes, like we're in a total argument and like he makes these funny faces and I can't even be mad at him anymore. And I'm like, just literally start busting up laughing. Well, because sometimes I'm not even on the same flow as her. I'm like, why is she so mad right now? Right. Most (laughs) of the time they're like, what's hard is when she really is mad at me and I know I screwed up. That's when it's the worst. Yeah. But But that's feeling far between. Another thing. Yeah, I know. Because I'm never wrong. I know. (laughs) You don't have to say that. This is a real show here. We don't care. The other thing is like, we also work on ourselves a lot. Like if she never, like when I was married before, neither one of us worked on, on, on ourselves. It wasn't just my ex's fault. Me too. I didn't really work on myself. I just stayed in that situation. It never changed. Pale. I always know that Pale will eventually either she'll apologize or she'll explain it enough that I'll realize I need to apologize. And I'm just grateful that we have that kind of relationship. We also don't have young kids. And if we did, I think things would change drastically. Yeah. So a lot of our time together is just spent together. And, you know, we have stresses, a lot of stresses, especially trying to build businesses. <laughs> we could have chose to do something a lot simpler and we haven't. But. Yeah. But there's a lot of times, like, even with me, like, I have a lot of, like you said, that wounded masculine energy. And I have that um, wounded child in me that sometimes comes out still, even though I've done a lot of work, a lot of Mm -hmm. therapy, I've done so much coaching and therapy, all kinds of stuff, read so many self-help books. Like I know the rules, I know the tools, but honestly, they're like, there's just some days are emotionally, basically, I feel like you're emotionally drunk because you can't even like yep. comprehend how you're acting or why you're acting or why you're thinking the way you're thinking. Um, but there are times where I just literally break down and cry. And my husband is just the sweetest, kindest man. And, you know, he just sits there and holds me. And sometimes he's so sweet. He'll, he'll sing to me and it'll <laughs> literally calm my spirit because right. my spirit is so, it, my spirit is so like, like it just doesn't Amped. know what to do because yep. it just wants to control, but it can't control. And, and there's just, you know, I just am so like, I'm this wounded child and all these negative memories come up 
And, you know, all he does is just like, he just rocks with me and he like sings to me. It's like really weird to say, but it really does calm my spirit. And we do uh, balance each other out in the way where I am masculine and he is somewhat feminine because he, you know, he was the only boy, all sisters, all sisters. And he also like was his mom, like really babied him. I mean, in the beginning of his book. In the beginning of his book, because I was his editor mm-hmm. of his book, um, it says, uh, and I, I wrote this because I thought it was really funny. It was a really good way to start the book. And he was like, I don't want people to make fun of me. And I'm like, but that's exactly what happens. Every time his mom talks about him. On my birthday, she'll say the same thing. She'll line. say, it was a glorious day, the day <laughs> you were born. Yeah. And she always says that. So Every, she just said it a couple of months ago. She, she <laughs> adores Travis. <clears throat> and she thinks the sun rises and sets on his butt. And I always think to myself, like, he doesn't understand like that really that that you know mother son bond is what really does make him like loving and kind and sweet and patient and empathetic and and I feel like you know that is a lot of his feminine energy and I love that about him and I well, feel you like need men, it you need it yeah totally. men need to have both they need yeah, to have yep. the masculine energy and they need to have the feminine energy in order to balance themselves out. And just like me, I, I do have the masculine energy, but there are times where I'm like, can you do this for me? Right. Can you get me this? Can you hold me? Like, can you t- take care of can me? Can you kill the spider? Can you kill the spider? <laughs> <laughs> that was well, a big know? freaking spider though. It was I big. Know, it was big. <laughs> I, I think as I'm a guy, you need here. to understand that having the feminine side can actually be a masculine thing because- Yep. I'm not like a feminine guy. I'm not like a, you know, a very like, I'm laid back, but I'm also a very masculine man, especially when I need to be. Right. And I think all guys need to be okay with finding that. It has to do with ego and insecurity because you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you're the man. You have the upper, like I'm above her, you know, mentality. I think some men think, but pay is my partner, like in life and business. Um, yeah. And I just, that's how I see her. Like we lead side by side. I'm not the man leading in front of her or all no. the things I've heard in so many lame men's groups I've been in. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the, for me, like, cause Pay and I are very similar in this way. Like we, and we married very similar and we, and I think the challenges to, as a woman, finding a way to explain to them or you like when you need to be held or when you need, cause that, that gets lost in translation. I think a lot of times, because even for us the other day when um, the, the George Lloyd story came out, I lost it. I was like mm. in on my hands and knees sobbing and I'm an empath. Oh. And so I, I've turned that empath thing off quite a bit l- lately managed to try but this just hit me hard and for whatever and my 19 year old who's also an empath she came up and she came up to tell me something stupid about her clothes or something and I was like you know I don't hide the tears anymore from the kids because I think it's important and she held me and she was in her masculine holding me which was beautiful but a lot of the time I get frustrated because I feel like I have to be like hey Ken this is what I need right now. And he's not picking up on it as easily because for so long, 20 years, I was like, I don't need anything. I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. I and think the, that's big, the biggest problem with us as females, especially all females, regardless if you're sitting in your feminine or masculine, we don't ask for help. I know. We don't say the words. We just expect them to know. And it's yep. like, how do how are the men are how are the men supposed to know that we want them to do the dishes or take out the trash or help us with the groceries. If we don't say I need help and And we're so constantly trying to say, I can do it myself. I'll just, you know, change the light bulb myself or I'll just build the shelf myself because it'll never get done. Mm -hmm. Well, when we speak those words and obviously the men, if you say you'll, you'll never do this, well, they're going to be like, okay, fine. I I won't do it then because now they're getting angry and defensive and in their masculine energy where you're not going to tell me what to do. So it's just like these like ways of communicating, ways of yep. allowing, get, like you said, in, in my podcast where you were a guest, which you should definitely tune into her story. Um, <laughs> Thank you, honey. But um, you give them space. Yep. You know, you yeah. give them space to be a man. You let them take care of you. You let them hold the reins. You know, there are some times where he, 
he needs to be in his feminine. Like when he was depressed and he was sad, right. like I had to take over the masculine energy and yep. I had to take the reins, you know, because yeah. not, it's like you're rowing a boat. And if you're rowing a boat and one person gets tired, the other person has to literally man up and pick up the oars and row the boat, regardless if you're the male or the female. Right. In or you're not going relationship. anywhere. Or you're not going anywhere. Or if one person's rowing on one side, you're just going to be going in circles. So it's you just have to work as a team and you have to say, I need this. Like in my normal self, I would have never asked, can you hold me? Can right. you sing to me? Can you comfort me? I would just sit there and I would probably stew. I would probably come up with um, scenarios in my head why he doesn't love me, why mm -hmm. he's not taking care of me, why he's not taking actions. And then I would just create this storyline that I'm all alone and no one loves me and no one takes care of me and he's just a jerk and he doesn't care about my feelings when that's not the case. Not even close. No. Men don't stops. go there. Yeah. Men don't go stop. there. Yeah. Right. Men don't go there. They don't think like, what does she need? Like their, yeah. their, their emotional stuff probably gets them like, what can I do? How can I fix it? Yeah, yeah. Or, or how do yeah. I stay away from it? Because yeah. some, some men are like, I can't do the tears. It's too much. It just, right. you know, it's a lot of things that you don't, you have to literally talk about. And if you don't talk about it, then it does become this big, huge elephant in the room that no one speaks yeah. of. And then that's why people get divorced. Well, and it's like this, we because, well, Tony even says it, like, why do we expect men to be women? Like, I would be able to look at you and know she needs a hug. But, mm -hmm. like, it's... <laughs> but, uh, desperately, I need a hug, damn it. I'm oh. sick of not hugging people. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, like, we expect these, like, to, for the guy to be, like, they, they don't have the EQ that we have, the emotional, like, they just don't. And they're in fix it mode. So they're like, holy shit, this woman I love is in pain. What the fuck? What, how do I fix it? When really, and I've said to him, all I need right in this moment, I will verbalize it. All I need in this moment is to be held or to be hugged or to just sit yeah. with me. And, or a really easy way is I don't need a solution right now. I just need the space. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the man's like, cool, I can comprehend that. But like, I don't know where we got the message as a, as women that men could read our minds and <laughs> they were like us. Cause it's totally not. And, and it goes both ways. Like if you're paying attention, I feel like we would recognize a lot more often when the man needs to go and retreat mm -hmm. and, and we're not all up in his shit. Like, why, why are you paying attention to me? What, da, 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 da? you know, all that shit. And they're like, yo, I just need 10 minutes, like yeah. back off. But you're right. It's communication. And it's like, and, and learning the language, learning and self-development, right? I mean, like when you talk, Travis, about your marriage, and, and I love that you own that you, it wasn't just one-sided, but if you're not working actively on how you're showing up in the world, then there's kind of no hope for happiness, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I, mean, you know. I, I really love that. Like, first of all, we share an Audible account. So there's books that we both read and he'll be like, Oh, you, I just read this book. You like the untethered soul. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I one. just read. Yeah. Really good book. He's like, I just read this book. You need to read it. And then he's on to the next one. Surrender. Oh, I just read this book. You need to read it. You know? And so we talk the same language. We've we been do. to the same events. Yeah. Um, you know, we go to Tony Robbins together and we both get something out of it, you know, and we both like are constantly working. That's one thing that we promised ourselves when we first got married is that, no matter what we promise, we will always work on ourselves yeah. and try to get to a place where- Keep expanding. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's one thing that we we know some people who never expanded and yeah. are still stuck in a loop and their storyline is still the same and you know they're constantly complaining about the same problems yes. and then you're just kind of like, well, you're not doing anything about your problem. Right. All you want to do is complain and on, I don't want to hear it. You know, yeah, no. it's really sad. Some couples are stuck in the same loop over yep. and over and they're so miserable and they don't understand why, but yet they won't read the books. They won't go to the seminars. Mm -hmm. They won't go to therapy. They won't be real and honest about what it is that's really bothering them. And they won't do the work to help the wounded child within them because right. a lot of us have a wounded oh, child. Yeah. A lot of us. 
even though Travis grew up in a really like amazing home with his two parents who have been married now for 53 years and they love each other, he stuttered from the ages of five to 18. And like all of the people that made fun of him at school, all the girls that would not date him because he stuttered, all the stuff that he dealt with, that was traumatizing for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think the whole COVID thing has put a magnifying glass on relationships. Too. I know. I love it. And if you, if you weren't working on it, you're now like, oh shit, we're stuck with each other. <laughs> yeah. So I know for sure. us, we've had to like work like on, on new things we probably hadn't thought of before, but we were just recent, recently with family and this is where we noticed they've been in the same situation. They've been stuck at home and it's like they've diverted backwards because they've been mm-hmm. in that groundhog day mm-hmm. every single day. And I think with pay, we have just so many hopes and dreams. And I think during the whole COVID quarantine, hopes and dreams kind of slipped away. And yep. we shouldn't let that happen. We don't know what's next. Um, we don't know what our country's going to be like. It's sometimes kind of scary. But we do know there is hope that it could be something better. Like, I never would have thought I would be married to someone like pay, ever. When I was stuck in that marriage before, there was no way. And I was so Christian that there was no way I was going to get divorced. And so I used to think the only way out was death. And I used to wish for death and pray wow. for death. Just be like, take me home. This is it. I don't want to do this anymore. And if, if God could choose to change my life so much and bring someone like this in my life, I have hope for anything that right. could change and be better. And so I have like crazy dreams about life, about for us. Yeah. So we dream together. We, we have, do. We do vision board parties. We do, yes. <laughs> hey, invite me next time. Can you yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I usually have a huge one that's like four feet by four feet and it lights yeah. up. But oh, it doesn't wow. fit in on this nice. wall. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's yeah. my little one right now because I want a place in uh, West Palm Beach. By the Ooh, end of this year, you better invite us. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> no, we do. We dream big, both of us. Um, we love um, just to play the scenario, like what if? Mm-hmm. What What would you do with this? If you can do anything right now, what would you do? Like we're constantly playing that game, and you know, we know that anything is possible. Anything is possible, and I yeah, and I. It is from going to Tony Robbins events. It is mm-hmm. from reading self help books, and not only self help books, but to read other people's stories mm-hmm. and what they went through. And like when I interview women, it's like, oh, okay, I see them and what they went through and yet they still did something with their life. But a lot of people who don't do anything with their life, they're stuck in their old story. They're stuck in their old patterns and they don't know what the light looks like because they've been in the dark for so long. Right. So beautifully said. Yeah. And that's what we want to teach. Like, that's what I want to teach people as Mm -hmm. a mentor and a coach for females is like, Hey, there is hope. There's still hope for everyone. And Mm -hmm. no matter how many times we talk about it, people are like, (laughs) there's still people out there. Like you said, Mm -hmm. there are, there's Tony Robbins, you know, there's other people out there that are teaching the same thing. Oprah, you know, all who else is out there? Uh, Byron Wayne Katie. Dye. Wayne yeah, Dye. everybody. Yeah, Wayne Brown. Dyer, Les Brown. Like, yep. I love Les Brown. Like, all these people are teaching the same thing. Even who was I talking about this morning that I, I saw the video and he was talking to the little kids about doesn't matter how many subscribers you have as long as you keep Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V. Yep. Yeah, like there's so many people out there teaching the same concept. It's the exact same concept. Yeah. yeah. It's just that, you know, some people don't like Tony. Like, it's funny because some people will be like, I hate Tony Robbins. Oh, Why? Yeah. Why do you hate? He's just a cult. Have you ever been to one of his yeah. events? No. no, I know. Yeah. Oh, you know, so they won't even go there. No. You know what I mean? But yeah. they will listen to Super Soul Sunday or they will go to yeah. Gabrielle Bernstein or they will go to Jack Canfield. So there's, uh, there's room for everyone. Like for yeah. me, I, every single person I learn from Jack Canfield is like my grandpa, you know, like Oprah <laughs> is like my queen. Gabrielle Bernstein would be like my bestie. You know, Tony <laughs> Robbins is like the father I never had. You know, it's, like all these people teach me something. And yeah. even when I pick up books and I read, I, I read Jessica Simpson's open book and I learned, I used to think she was a ditz, but after reading her book, I, I have this new like respect for her. Right. And it just show she was so honest about being an alcoholic 
And I was like, wow. Like, and she became a billionaire with a high school education. I mean, to me, I was just like, wow, if she can do that. Then I, you know, it's just like all this inspiration. And I love how Jack Canfield would say the keys to success are everywhere. You just have to look for them. And the people who have already been successful are so happy to tell you how they did it. Like when I reached out to Danelle Delgado, she was like, girl, this is what you got to do. She was not like, I'm not going to tell you how I did it. And same thing with Travis. People reach out to my husband all the time. Like, how do you do this? Like, I have the software company. What do I do? And, and Travis is, will spend an hour or two just right. talking to them because he's so excited for them because oh, yeah. he sees himself in the beginning of his journey with Kajabi. And it's just, it, we really well, are open. Too, like, we don't live in a scarcity world, Pale and I. Right. I was That's able to difference. at one time leave the cubicle world behind and leave the, the same paycheck behind. And that helps because I'm always looking to expand and grow. And both of us are each other's biggest fans. I mean, I have been her biggest fan before I even probably dated her. I just thought she was incredible. And she has been so like, she like makes me feel good about my accomplishments, just hearing her talk about it. And I think mm-hmm. that helps is when, when the, like each, each person in the marriage or relationship has this mission, this great thing you're doing and the spouse um, can get behind it, it helps. Because then it's also like, I give her her freedom because I know what she's doing is going to be great, whether it's traveling to Colorado all of a sudden or (laughs) whether it's, you know, doing whatever it is or being on like a Zoom call all evening or something. It's worth it because I know what she's doing is going to help other people and Mm -hmm. ultimately help herself. Yeah. So somehow you've got to be each other's biggest fans. And I I look back on my old marriage and I don't know how I would have gotten there. I mean, I'm sure there's some way, but when you're in that situation, when you're in such a rut and it just sucks so bad, you just have to find a way to find that love again inside of someone. Yeah. I don't know. It's a challenge. It is. Gratitude's the first step. Be grateful for where you are. Oh yeah. No matter what it is. It's, I I would say that's the number one life changing thing is gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another great thing that I learned through Life and Wealth Mastery mm-hmm. <laughs> in Fiji, which was mm-hmm. the best trip ever. You have to go. Namali Resort where Tony Robbins. Well, don't stay oh, at the resort though. It's so beautiful. Because the resort is incredible, but you're at this event the whole time. Stay at the, the where the venue is. But the, yes, but if you ever go just to travel, not oh, to the event, go to the Namali Resort because it's gorgeous. It's like heaven on earth. It's but incredible. what I learned uh, there was to journal every day about your life because mm-hmm. a life worth living is a, a life worth uh, recording. And when you really record the daily stuff that happens, like I record stuff like Travis helped me with the groceries today or Travis took my shoes off like when I was sitting Aww. on the couch, you know, or, you know, Travis poured me a cocktail when I came home from work or, you know, Travis told me I looked beautiful today. You know, when you record those things, mm. you stack those. Right. Because our brain tends to always focus on the missing piece of the puzzle. Right. For whatever reason, we can have this beautiful like puzzle and there's one small piece missing. So we just Mm. focus on the lack versus on everything else. And so when you record all the great things, like I record my, my stepson made me laugh today, you know, or my, I have another stepson who um, isn't so loving and kind, but he, every once in a while, cause he's 17. So all 17 year olds just are just in their own little world or everything's so not cool. Um, (laughs) But every once in a while, he'll give me a hug. And literally it'll melt my heart. And I'm just like writing it down because these are the moments that I want to record. Like, you know, when he tells me that he actually liked the food that I cooked for him, that's a big win. And that's where people stop. Don't recognize that there are a lot of big wins in your life and there are a lot of great things going on, but yet we focus on the one time that your husband talked back to you or the one time your husband didn't show up on time or the one time your kids, you know, yelled at you. You only focus on the negative rather than all the positive that happened in the 23 hours versus the one hour that you were yelling at each other, you know? So I, I really believe in that. I've been doing that, been practicing ever since I got back from Fiji and it's helped me a lot because it also helps me to be grateful for the life that I have and the partner that I have. And, and I really do love I think my husband. You, you also, when you when you stack the good like that, you I, I find the, I can't find the bad stuff as easily anymore. Yeah. Like the little things, I don't even, like I always make jokes about sales. I don't hear the word no 
when I, so I have a content writing company. That's my first company. And we write content for SEO companies, digital marketing agencies. And like that company is six years old. And in the beginning, I heard lots of no's, but I heard none of them. And, <laughs> and it's like, I've, I've trained myself to not see the negative. Like I even, I've invited um, Sage Robbins to come on the show and um, I got a, she's busy right now. And I'm like, cool, that's not a no. But yeah. it's the same with gratitude. Like if you focus on being grateful, it's really, it becomes difficult to find things to bitch about. Yeah, you know, like it does. it's it's a practice like anything else. But well, um, I have another guest coming on and uh, we could do this till friggin who knows when. Because you guys are amazing. <laughs> um, well, thank but, you so much for having us on. You're welcome. Where can people find you, Paola and then Travis? Tell us where they can find you. They can find me on Facebook. It's called At the Fearless Female Movement. They can find my podcast on iTunes, Spotify, um, and what's the other? Google Play? Google Play, oh. yeah. And Cast Radio, I believe. It's called Journey of a Fearless Female. And you can find me on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast. You can find my personal pod, uh, Instagram at Paola Rossert. And fearlessfemale.com. Oh, yeah. And fearlessfemale.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Travis Rosser. Um, and then also check out coachsnap.com. Um, that's going to be coming out soon. So that's and travisrosser.com. And travisrosser.com. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yes. thank you guys. This was uh, incredible. And um, it, so many mic drop moments. And I appreciate you both for coming on. And uh, we'll talk soon. Hopefully, I'll get to see you guys soon-ish. Yay! At an event. Are you going to go to the next one? It's in we August. Hope so. Yeah. If, we hope if so. I'm allowed to cross the border, I'm coming. I know. Yeah. We want to go to Business Mastery in Las Vegas. So nice. we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that's nice. our next event we want to do. It's yeah. awesome. Have you, you've never been? Never, never been. been. That was my first live event. Oh, oh nice. boy. Really? Yeah. I'm so excited. I just it's want to go to a live event good. to dance. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you guys. I will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.